Hello, and welcome to Punching Out. Every week, we're here on Wayo Radio talking about the problems people have with their work, whether it's incompetent bosses or unfair policies, hostile workplaces or dismal paychecks, or anything in between. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to share your work problems with us, email us at punchingoutwayo at gmail.com and let us talk about them. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hi, welcome to Punching Out. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined today by my friends Jay and John Magnus. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. Uh, Today we're here to talk about side hustles. Um, This started as a conversation that Jay and I were having at our workplace about the need to take on work outside of your your nine to five, or in some cases, as we know, some people make an entire work life out of side Mm -hmm. hustles. So... Um, we thought this might be fruitful conversation for punching out today. First off, I want to let the, my guests introduce themselves. Uh, Jay, what, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm Jay Rowe. Uh, I am uh, in my late 30s, uh, single income dad uh, to three kids. And uh, let's see, so I've been in the workforce for quite a few years now. Uh, and I've done quite a bit of uh, work. Uh, different industries. Currently, I'm in the nonprofit sector. I've been doing this for, oh, at least the last 10 years or so. And uh, while I really enjoy the work, it's uh, not, it's notorious for being not the best paying kind of job. So I've, I've definitely had to supplement here and there. Um, as for me, uh, John Magnus uh, Champlin, I local kind of, I guess, artist now, uh, master of the side hustle. I've <laughs> been, um, I uh, left the corporate world and was kind of doing a bunch of side projects, working for myself and really leaning into it. I, I don't have the awesome aspect of having three kids, but I also have the awesome aspect of not having three kids. So my, my course and paths are a little slightly different than Jay's. But Yeah, yeah and my... Uh, sort of uh, side hustle work, uh, up until actually very recently in the current job uh, that I work for a community organization, I was constantly working multiple jobs at one time. Um, None of them particularly a passion of mine, but they were all sort of an attempt to cobble together some kind of living wage. Wanted to start out maybe by saying a little bit, I I read this a little bit in in, in a piece recently from The Guardian um, that talks about side hustles, and and I wanted to see how this resonates with you. sort of now ubiquitous on either side of the Atlantic, the U.S. term side hustle refers to a passion project that falls outside your primary job. You probably knew that. You may even have one. Um, According to Henley Business School, by 2030, they predict that about 50% uh, of people will have some kind of side hustle. There are primary reasons for someone to start a side hustle, with studies uh, stating that 50% of U.K. workers are unhappy in their jobs. Uh, We're looking for fulfillment, development of income, and missing uh, missing from our other careers. That's why so many side hustles start out as hobbies. I don't know, what do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, when it comes to a primary job, you're kind of limited by uh, what's available. And uh, a lot of times you don't have the luxury of just waiting around for the perfect job. When it comes to side hustles, chances are, unless you're really hurting, you have a little bit more time to be selective about it. So it, I found in my searches at least, that I can go for the projects that are a little bit more geared towards my talents or uh, my interests. Um, I can 
kind of farm out work uh, to my network. Uh, like, hey guys, do you know anyone in your circles who are looking for work? Do you yourself need stuff at home? Or do you have your own project that you're working on that you need help with? Um, and again, I can't really do that with my employer. Yeah. You're, uh, the nice thing, though, is you have a, that day job that has at least uh, some stability to it. And that's what I find. There's, there are, the side hustle culture and, and the way of life is different for all sorts of people now. It's not, not just one person working the nine to five and then suddenly doing a side hustle on the side, too. There are some people that are, I find that they're, they've cut back on their, their main job, for lack of a better term, is one that just makes the money enough to pay the bills or enough that they, the, the return on investment, the amount of time they can sit at the desk, gives them enough cash that they can stand sitting at that desk long enough or something else um, but I see people that are having multiple like one two and three side gigs and it's nice I'm a person now that I think my side gigs are my uh, I've actually reversed it a bit being that my side gig is the kind of the day job I'll take on these little side things just to pay the small the bills up but I've been re- putting my energy into my, my I guess my side gig eventually became sort of my own thing uh, doing art and that sort of stuff um, but I, I can see where uh, the, the the trouble that our world we're in now is that we are kind of in a point where it's it's tough to be here. It's a little expensive. It's it, one job doesn't cover the bills almost, and there's lack of fulfillment in life too. And I think a, a perfect storm of all that means that you're like you're not happy in a day job. You look for um, you know something to fill that void, or even pay the, finish the bills, balance stuff off that way. So the side hustle has become, which is even a weird term. I guess we'll even mention that that the term itself for side hustle is such a weird, vague, or different connotations now. But it's definitely. Uh, the world is is different for each person here. I think how it works. Yeah, I was uh, sort of struck by just in the brief amount of research I was able to do before the show the 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 sort of dichotomy between people identifying side gigs or side hustles as something um, to amplify their passions mm-hmm. um, versus something that they do to cobble together income. And and it seems like in truth, it's actually more to do with. Uh, so some, it's, it's a little bit of both, yeah, yeah. something in between. And I'm sort of curious about, you know, what your side hustles are and uh, also like what you, how do, how do you think we got here to, to, to this idea of the side hustle? Uh, Jay, do you want to take it or you want to like, wow. wow. Uh, where do I begin? I mean, how do we get, how did, how did we get here? <laughs> That's a history lesson right there. I mean, you're looking at our parents' generation who kind of had to an extent, access to the American dream. Uh, I remember growing up for a long time, uh, my dad was the single breadwinner of the house and uh, he made enough where we could have the roof over our heads, clothing on our backs, food in our bellies and vacation. And also the thing is, but his his job was a job, a job for life. Like he, he, the, the concept of his life was that I get a job, I'll work here and eventually I'll retire or get the next job that'll take me to the end of my working career. Right. But so we're no longer in a point where we have a, uh, a like, I'm going to get that job at Kodak and be there for 40 years. If right. someone has a job now, I meet people now that have a job for 15 or 20 years and I'm either amazed or sometimes sad, depending on the oh, job. Absolutely. But it's, we are now like the, it's a short term, people working on projects. Uh, I mean, it's, it's nice. I, some people I work with, they'll work on like a website or, uh, or a video game that has a six month window or two year project window. 
So the the concept of um, working at one job is getting further away as the older generation fades out. Uh, so we're constantly changing around. So it's almost to the point now that sometimes the side hustle is planning for the next step as you're in your day job because you know you're only going to be there for a handful of years until you know you get automated out or something changes around that way. So your father grew up at a point where his concept of work was vastly different than what our concept of hopefully work would be. I mean, it'd be amazing if I had a job for 40 years that I loved and was going to retire from, but I cannot, right? I have no way of envisioning that right now in my own life. So Right, right. And as the economy kind of grew a little bit and then retracted a little bit over the uh, 80s and 90s, uh, my mom had to pick up uh, her own side hustle for a while there just to help out. Uh, it was kind of the expectation was there that we were going to have the American dream, but the reality was we needed another person with at least part-time income. Mm-hmm. By the time I got onto the regular workforce, uh, I think that dream had just kind of fizzled away and uh, the expectation was no longer there that we were going to immediately go into Kodak or Xerox. We were just trying to find work wherever we could. Uh, Whether you had a degree or no degree, it was you just had to jump right into the workforce with both feet on the ground. Uh, Like you said, the uh, expectation of a lifetime job just wasn't happening. The longest job I've ever retained was about six years Hmm. and I was pretty amazed uh, that that happened for that long but uh, in the meantime I had a couple of side hustles going just I treated it like my own insurance policy Mm -hmm. like my job won't be around for very long so I better have something to fall back on just in case Mm -hmm. thinking about the history of this right like I I can't help thinking about what, what you've both been saying and thinking about the precipitous decline of the labor movement in this country and how I know so as you said John like some people are terrified by the thought of having a, a one job for you know 30 40 years mm-hmm. but as we all, as we've just been discussing that presents a, a, a very specific kind of sense of security um, you know that we've that we've lost without a robust labor movement True. and so so I wonder if the idea, the romanticizing of the side hustle is sort of a cultural resignation to that fact. I um, can see that. I, I, I can see. The, 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 it gives a bit of hope, too, as you're stuck in the day job sometimes. You can, like, some people hope for a side hustle to work little side projects, get their Etsy page going. Mm-hmm. Kind of a little relief from some of that as well. I don't know, Jay, what do you think? I've got to agree with you there. Um, I, it's all dependent on... on people's backgrounds, uh, kind of why they're getting into their side hustle. Um, but uh, I know I had different reasons, different motivations for getting into different work depending on my situation in life. Mm-hmm. I know in my early 20s, my motivations for uh, picking up other jobs was completely different than it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Like I, sometimes I would pick up part-time jobs because I had nothing to do. Right. I I, I remember when I was a kid. Uh, I grew up in a rural area, and um, I worked three jobs. Uh, I had a, a one job, steady job, I, and I picked up other two just to get myself out of the country, back in the city. And the reason it seems I should have moved away at that point in time, save myself some time. But um, it was uh, various reasons totally changed. Now I I my side hustles. Um, since I work for myself. I've I, my side hustles are things that matter to me, which is one of the nice things. I've picked up clients that are valuable to what I deem necessary for a better society. So 
Um, and I, I still have the, the project. Some I work with some clients I didn't feel like working with, but it's that jo- day job sort of feel like you know to design work and certain big graphic design projects I'll work on or take on. Um, but I, my side hustle allows me to feel a little bit better about the you know the world in general. Like my I, I choose these spare side hustles. Sometimes my side hustle doesn't even pay. I have to say some side hustles. It's for volunteer work, and I still call it a side hustle because it matters to me. It it, it may not be making me the money, but it it offers me a learning experience, a creative outlet, or something that just heals whatever is inside that inside there that's been stuck in an office for too long or something else. And not to be mean to people in the office. Like you said, I'm sorry about that. Um, I came from office work back in the day. I guess I'm free driving around now. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think there's uh, like said, there's different reasons why, uh, we, we have the side, like these side hustles now. And I think like you're saying, it's the, unfortunately the lack of compassion towards the workers. We are a cog in a machine and we're starting to see it. And uh, the cogs starting to look around for other parts where we fix fit in because we, ha- we don't, the working world seems we don't have a, a, a self a worth for us not self worth but a, a very a value worth uh, being at these companies. Look at like uh, with Amazon now where they just finally like okay I'll give you a double your minimum wage but no extra bon- benefits and you're like you don't get why we're complaining oh whatever. So the the understanding of what you really mean to a business and company now is changed. Like before people worked for Kodak they were Kodak proud. People wore a Kodak jacket around because working for thirty years you have a team for it. Now I, I I see a lot of people I don't see a lot of people that are excited about working except they're getting a paycheck sometimes, and I think that lends itself that you need some sort of value to your work something what you're doing has to mean something at the end of the day for you or, and like a New Year's uh, Eve when you look back like what did I do for my life and you look back like well, I worked a lot of hours and uh, hmm. well I was hoping to get that thing wrote or that thing drawn or the car built I wanted to build. So I think the you know the side hustle has now changed a bit, also with the social aspect of how we are and how we're treated in, in the world and our general self worth. I think it's nice to have. I mean, I love meeting people that like they get out of their accounting job and then I bump into them. Like I taught painting classes over the years, and a person came up like I worked for an arc, I was an uh, you know accountant for twenty five years. Always so we're learning how to paint. So teach them how to paint, and suddenly they have. There, it, it may be just a sli- side hobby that they like. We love to sell some painting. If it does, that turns into a little side hustle for them as well. But they found a value to themselves that they couldn't in their day job. So, yeah. right. I kind of want to piggyback on a point you just made earlier about, um, you know, the ability to do something creative and something you're passionate about versus uh, just having to make money. I mean, right now I'm kind of transitioning to that point where I really just need to to make money. And I'll pick up uh, like painting jobs where somebody wants me to paint a couple of rooms in their house. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, if you're setting up an Etsy shop or an eBay store or something like that, that requires a little bit more work. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're literally doing hours and hours and days of work for free just to get that established. So you can have that ongoing project. Uh, what, which might not make any money uh, for weeks or months. Yeah, but I think that's the side hustle thing. The side hustle is not necessarily money. If you, it, I think a side hustle. In, if I had to define a side hustle, a side hustle is a project like that. It, it may not make you money. A side job is one that'll make me money. If I could pick up a side job, that's the one. I may be, you know, do, like I think I have hustled more in a, a romantical term i guess that keeps like my side hustle matters to me that's right like i don't side hustle and do 
deliver pizza, I'll have yeah, I'll work a side gig or something else right. that way. I think my hustle is like a little bit of my projects that are kind of quirky, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it offers me something uh, that like just matters to me, I guess. Back to that topic there. So. Right. so that's kind of funny. I feel like I fall in between the two of you where my side hustles, uh, when I was teaching before I became a community organizer, my side hustle were, were things that I had previously enjoyed. Hmm. But because I was working so many hours just to make enough money to live, it actually ruined <laughs> the thing that I used to love, which yeah, was yeah. the side hustle. I used to be a coach. I used to work with kids. And it just grated on me day after day, and I wasn't making enough money, and eventually I gave it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I think there's that sort of hidden aspect that doesn't often get talked about when we're talking about the side hustle, right? Like, oh, the one that do, don't turn your hobby into making money on it. Kind exactly, of idea. exactly. Yeah, and yeah. which is something I feel like sort of, I guess I'm clumped into the elder millennial generation. Like I feel like folks in my uh, per- worldview were sort of told, you know, to don't work to live, live to work sort mm-hmm. of thing. But you also were told, I mean, like you're the same. I, I should have said before, you said you were at late, uh, late 30s. I'm actually just turned 40 this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was the, the group that was told you could do anything you dream for, right. but also do what you want to do. Uh, by the way, there's a economy's kind of crappy. Sorry, you got to do all this stuff right. now too as well. Um, so it's kind of the perfect storm of we're in this weird thing. Like I met a man yesterday that was all about he, his whole life seemed like a side hustle, which is actually amazing. He did a bunch of projects. He was traveling around the world, did like restaurant tour and everything else. And he was 10 years older than I was. So he's about 50. And, um, he, but he was a product of the late eighties, early nineties, where he went to all different colleges. He had, I, he had three or four colleges he spoke of getting degrees from just in that state because he was in a happier economy, and he, he his side hustle, hustle was these little, like, other career sort of ideas. And I realized between that time and my time, it became you have to work, find a job, get a job, because not all great, not all, you know, can't find a great job every time. You know, some, if you have a good job, it pays well, stick it out, it's okay, stick with it. Um, versus he struck, it struck me as a guy that had opportunities that I didn't just because of cost of education and that sort of things. I mean, late 90s, early 2000s, when College is starting to spike up. We, we have, now we're we have our side hustles has to help pay for the degree that got us the day job, you know the the four or five year degree we had to get just to get that first job in now. So, yeah, I think we we're kind of a shackled community. That's one of right. the things. So with these weights of degree, like I said, the, I know so many people that if they had the extra five hundred dollars or whatever a month they're paying to their student loans, they'd be making a great difference in this world or for themselves yeah. too. Right. So, uh, it's interesting that you point that out. Uh, that kind of a cultural difference uh, between uh, genera- Gen Xers and Millennials. Um, I, my introduction to kind of the, the side hustle concept was through uh, a group of Millennials that I was working with not too long ago who uh, really introduced me to the concept of, hey, we don't really have a college education because my parents couldn't afford it. So we're just doing whatever we can, and we're doing really great at it because this is all we've got. Mm-hmm. So they were able to cob- cobble together maybe a barista job part-time with a painting job on the side and art. And that was their income, and they made it work. So uh, we're getting pretty close to break. taking a break. So um, we'll come, when we come back, we'll get into more detail about what your actual side hustles are. And we'll, and we'll talk about that. Hey, hey guys, you know that feeling you have at work, that dead inside feeling? Bad news, we can't really help with that. Good news, we can help you waste some time at work. 
You're listening to Punching Out on WAYO LPFM Rochester. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Punching Out, and I'm Andrew, and I'm here with my friends Jay. Hi. And John. Howdy. Uh, today we're talking about uh, side gigs and side hustles. Um, both Jay and John have lots of experience with this, and we're sort of unpacking what it means and where it all fits in our, our society. So uh, where we left off, uh, I thought maybe we would sort of come back and talk a little bit more, uh, give you guys an opportunity to tell us about what are your side hustles. Anyone want to go first? Sure. I mean, uh, I've got, I don't know, probably 15 years of, of history doing this. Um, you know, back in the day when I realized that the 9 to 5 just wasn't making me happy. And I branched out and, uh, well, I think my first attempt, my first several attempts were uh, just to bring in a little bit of extra spending money. They weren't really to increase my enjoyment. But in a way... It got me into a new environment that uh, wasn't my nine to five. Uh, it was more of an independent thing, and it allowed me quiet time, especially back when I was first starting to have kids and I needed to get out of the house and get away from the screaming. So, I, I mean, you know, you can't understate that. It's parents need a break, mm-hmm. even if it's another part time job. At least, in, at least in that case, it gets you cash. Like, yeah. if you're gonna have, a, if you're gonna get out of there, at least make, bring something back into the house. If you're right. trying to run from it, I guess. Right? Diapers are expensive. <laughs> the second job, so I think I took on a, a custodial cleaning, mopping floors, and and cleaning bathrooms for, you know, uh, twenty hours a week, something like that. And uh, oddly enough, it was enjoyable. Uh, it wasn't obviously something I was passionate about doing. Nobody's really passionate about. Uh, cleaning up puke and and whatever else, but kudos uh, for you for doing that. I've, I've I'm one of those very spoiled men that try to have a, a a fun side hustle, and I've done like random like other things like that. But I I, I try to I don't know maybe I'm just very I'm very spoiled. That's really what it is. Right. Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, I mean I'm if I'm going to pick up something on the side, I have that luxury to kind of pick and choose what I want to do rather than being forced to do something for a paycheck. So I think I moved on from there. There have been a number of different things from uh, landscaping uh, where I was outside on a nice day and I was with nature. Again, I didn't really enjoy the manual labor as much as it was just fresh air and sunshine. Mm. Uh, Moved on to house cleaning. Um, Eventually, when I kind of accumulated more skills over the years, I kind of picked and choose between what was I learning uh, in my professional world that I could use for a side hustle. And that's when I started doing different administrative tasks for businesses like bookkeeping, uh, that sort of thing, Uh, social media management. I started having a little bit more fun and I thought, well, maybe I can turn this into a a real side business uh, and call myself a consultant and that didn't really get traction. I didn't really want it to get traction because at that point I was just overworking myself, maybe working 60 hours a week with kids. Uh, so I decided I was going to fine tune my uh, direction a little bit. And I ended up accidentally starting a nonprofit and devoting 80 hours a week 
elsewhere, and that <laughs> really got off target there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I started getting a little bit more into the passion projects versus the, hey, I just need money for diapers. So I think it comes with age, though, right? I think you start realizing the Absolutely. value of your time. Uh, Absolutely. Like if I, like I've done r- probably the worst jobs I did when I was younger because as I got older, I realized like why am I doing this? Like I, there's a bit of return on investment. Like right. I've taken on some crappy jobs because they pay you X amount of dollars per hour that I'm fine with. Like right. I like this is good enough money that I can just put headphones in and tune out. Uh, the older I get, sometimes now I'd be like, well, you know, I'll take a dollar less if I don't have to deal with someone else's something else. You know? Right. Yeah. So. Um, now, when I so I've done side hustle, I'm like the king of side hustle. I've been doing side hustle pretty much all the time. I always had multiple jobs growing up, and even when I had two or three jobs originally, I had one main job, and then I'd walk down the hallway and I did data entry in a software company because literally it was down the hallway and needed a job. I, I like not that they needed the job; they needed a job filled. And I'm like, I'm here anyway. It's like an hour or so of my time. Why not just step over there and just before I head home, just a couple hours, whatever it is. Uh, and as the one job phased out, the other one kicked in and I worked for the software company for, oh my, 14 years now, I think it was back then, you know, 14, almost 15 years. But during that point in time, even that, as that side hustle turned into my main job, I, my other hobbies started picking up little things. Like I started, um, in my evening and as I was working at the software company, we'd have downtime. I'd be doing whatever it was. I'd be sitting there. So I would be doing research or reading or whatever it is, um, and it would be kind of funny. I started uh, like posting articles on uh, like I'm gonna I'm a biology nut with the side note. And one of my side hustles spawned from being at the software company. I used to research uh, and just read up on like animals and everything else. Well. I would start talking to people in the aquarium trade that they didn't know how to do stuff right. So I started writing articles for the aquarium trade and people started buying articles that way. And then as the software company was phasing out, they would like let me off like a month or so or two months because projects just wouldn't work out right. Um, suddenly I was like, I went to my side hustle, got me, flew me to Egypt to study fish and stuff. But as I was doing that, now mind you, I'm still doing the other side. During this point in time, I'm also still doing graphic design, still doing consultant work, still doing software stuff. Uh, during this other point in time, I'm, I'm now being flown, I'm flying to Egypt and studying, like in the Red Sea, not in like New York, Egypt. Right. I didn't fly to New York, <laughs> Egypt. So, um, but as that point in time, I'm also learning how to do whatever. I, I'm a person, I want to know how to do everything. I want to meet someone new every day, learn something different every day. And that has allowed me that I, if I meet someone, I'll ask them like, hey, do you need some help with something? Do you need like, I'm a big guy, I can pick stuff up, put stuff down. Right. Give me two weeks to help out. And I would learn these processes just for my own, just so I can, I like, I don't, I don't know how to do X, Y, and Z. Can never think what examples are right now? Sculpture or whatever you want. Um, I would learn these tricks from, like, uh, for lack of a better term, a master of it. And my side hustle. And if I liked it, I would help out more. And eventually, they would pay more. They actually, would, some people actually would just finally pay, which is one of the ones too. But I would, I would donate my my couple weeks of my time, thinking that either I'll know if I like it, I'll keep pursuing it. If I don't like it, I move on, lesson learned. Because I'm one that didn't do, I didn't do the whole long education route. I like. Went through as fast as I could. I, I doubled up on my I I was uh, I had my college degree. I think I was eighteen. I was already had uh, at least associates on, like under my belt. When I was eighteen, so I kept trying to juggle around. But the trick for me I found was that even when I'm in a in a thing, I was kind of jumping to 
the next ideas or just always trying to just see what else in the periphery is happening. Right. So I always had this obsession with becoming a, a Renaissance person. I mm -hmm. love the idea of just... Spoiler, you, know, you are, actually, well, so you know. I mean, it took many years. At first, it was just talking about it, like I want to learn as much as I can about every little thing possible. And over 10, 15 years, it's kind of turning into somebody comes up to me, hey, can you do this? Well, I know enough about that. Sure, why not? Yeah, it's this sure thing that I do. I'm like, yeah, sure, I can do that. Yeah. I've had a lot of people walk up to me like, hey, uh, can you help me with this? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Right. I've done other things like it. I, My last three projects I worked on for myself, I designed these big, huge uh, signs for like um, uh, the Ronald McDonald Charity House and big right. gala events and stuff. And I didn't know what I was doing because I never built a sign that way before, but I've done everything, things like it. So I'm like, yeah, sure, I can do right. that. And right. Sure enough, it was. So. Right now, I, I think my priorities are, are changing a bit uh, in my uh, almost 40s now, where uh, I'm looking towards the future and I'm thinking, well, what do I want to do with my life after my 9 to 5? Eventually, maybe I might retire. So How magical is that? How I mean, magical. Yeah. I so I try to figure out how to do the balance of life well, right, and all this stuff in the future. What I'm thinking I want to do is hit the road. Uh, I've been talking a lot recently about just... Renovating an RV nice. and traveling across the country. Well, I'm still going to need income. Mm -hmm. What can I do from the road that's going to allow me to sustain that lifestyle? Uh, I've been getting into podcasting. I've been getting into blogging. I mean, these are all sources of income, potentially, if I can kind of fine-tune the craft a little bit and, and use a lot of the skills that I've accumulated mm -hmm. over the years. But that's one of those cases, again, where you said, like, you know, you have to build, do a lot of grunt work in the beginning to build an audience up and that. Like, say if you use, like, I'm a big fan of things like Patreon now right. that put money into the artist's or designer or whatever's pocket. Mm -hmm. uh, but in, in those cases, you can't just, okay, Patreon, here you go. You need to actually have an audience preset kind of idea and, like, mm -hmm. just funnel them through there for it. Right. But, yeah, that'd be an amazing thing if you could travel the world and doing... I mean, I, spending I the hope to. So I'm kind of I'm kind of chuckling to myself over here because I'm thinking also I wanted to ask a question about like the institutions that either uh, promote or inhibit the idea of people taking on multiple side hustles, whether it's this mm -hmm. romanticized version where people are able to do what compels them, or they're the kind of utilitarian tasks that people are doing for a paycheck. Um, so I was thinking about uh, the reason I've been recently thinking about side hustles is because, you know, in my idealized day job where I work for a community organization, which is really deeply fulfilling, um, still doesn't pay all the bills, especially with the cost of health care going up. So my my recent attempt is to try to see if I can get a get a gig doing part time solar installation, which yeah. is something I've never done. Right. Like, so, oh, yeah, I can I could do that. I think I could do that. So. Um, it's a learnable trade with not not right. too hard of a thing, yeah, yeah. Right, but the but then I was just doing some research today about so the whole point is to get over on my health insurance premiums, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm also receiving subs subsidies because I'm low income, mm -hmm. and um, in order for me to to do it, since the subsidy is dependent on my household income, as my household income goes up, if I take on a part time job, mm -hmm. uh, it has to offset the subsidy in order for me to gain anything. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I, I think like that's an institutional barrier to people taking on side side work that would actually be meaningful in their lives. Yeah, I've actually met people that have taken on, they, they kind of do the side hustle because they uh, don't want to lose the, the health care that's like, 
the Obamacare, for lack of a better term, like those one, like yeah, I don't pay anything a month for my health care, and I, I have prescription X, Y, and Z, or I needed uh, uh, something, you know, CPAP machine or whatever their excuse was. They've actually taken on the idea of almost like not a vow of poverty, but you're not taking on the big jobs because like, well, I can't make too much money right. because of that, which is such a crazy thing. You have to like literally put a restraint on you just because of these. Healthcare-related reasons, which we have a whole other show on healthcare, probably <laughs> right. with a side hustle. This was going to be my moment where I plug single-payer healthcare because really that would solve so many problems mm. for so many of us. Um, but the way to get around that and the way to achieve low-cost healthcare for someone who's relying on side hustles is literally to avoid the nine-to-five job and almost take, like you said, that vow of poverty. Yeah, yeah, I've met a lot of people that. Uh, the uh, family dinners, as a lot of my friends call it, we all, it, it it's a big thing for a lot of folks that were the side hustlers like all of us. We'd have uh, I used to do uh, Wednesday night movie nights, bad movie night, and um, it was actually a, a way to get people who are all the artists, side hustlers, come over. I'm like, listen, I have a big stew on. You bring X over, you bring the Y over, you bring this, you bring other people over, and it was kind of a way to kind of ch- sanity check, but also was for food too. Like, yeah. you know, we actually were having meals together, and uh, it, I realized that three of the seven days a week there was a meal figured out with all the other people that we had family dinners there, and it was, it was nice. It was, but it was how we survived by pooling together and all kind of realizing we're all into one big mess here. So Right. Again, it's that American dream just kind of vanishing. So we all still have to eat. We all still have to live with a roof over our head. Mm -hmm. How are we going to do this? And I love the idea of just communal resource sharing and just everyone looking out for each other. It's a good way. I mean, that's how we survive. We're a social creature. And yeah, the but the and that's why side hustle works well. We're dynamic enough that we can juggle multiple things at once. So and the, it's nice being able to know. Like I knew once I started realizing that we had multiple people, like multiple places to have meals. Like I could have peanut butter and jelly a night if I know tomorrow I'm bringing over <laughs> potatoes. And we're having an epic meal if I just brought right. potatoes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I remember bringing a bag of beans uh, to because I was out someplace and I traded some art or I forget what I did. I did oh I did a logo and business card for a farmer. Just got it going, but all he had was eggs and a giant bag of beans. And I'm like, sure. I mean, I got fresh eggs all the time, so I was doing pretty good. And I you know nice business cards and stuff. But I had a bag of beans that we just like we have to keep going till the beans are gone, folks. So for like we had different meals, but it was. Like I remember thinking about it, I'm like, well, and everyone's excited. We had big, huge pots of chili and everything else going on, but it was an odd tra- thought process that way. So, Jay, your uh, your sort of retirement fantasy about hitting the road. I, I was also thinking about that, and again, getting to the, the, the sort of the institutions, right? Like we can think of alternative institutions, like this more like communitarian livelihood where we're taking care of each other, um, and we can translate that up into like sort of state systems, like a universal healthcare. Mm-hmm. Or, but I'm also thinking about like the things that used to be in a bygone era, right? Like the idea of a pension is a fantasy at this point. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and I know, but I was thinking about you hitting the road, Jay, and I was thinking like, yeah, you're going to hit the road, but, but by the time you get there, it might be Mad Max style. Yeah, just, yeah. just go from the one col- like colony <laughs> right. to the next colony, move quickly. Yeah. I'm stocking up on supplies now. <laughs> exactly. He's a runner. Go, go. Yeah. So we, we touched a little bit on, on, uh, sort of like artist work. And, and one thing that we talked a little bit about at the break was, um, you know, John, you've done graphic design work and, and other art um, mm-hmm. was, you know, people who have these side hustles that are passions and then they get sort of taken advantage of because oh, they yeah. are a passion. And um, yeah, I thought maybe we could touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I've had, uh, I, like, I like making things pretty. It's why I realized as I got into doing graphic design, it wasn't my original goal to do it, but 
uh, the, the actually the, the college that accepted me in that last last minute college uh, was doing graphic design and advertising, and I realized I can do it and I like it. Um, and doing that, it's everyone's always trying to get stuff for free. I think it's one of the nature of. Uh, I mean, everyone trying to get at least you know help me out here and there, but some people have no problem asking to get like. Uh, you know, well, can you knock off X, Y, or Z, or just ask for free? Just bluntly tell me, like, I want this. And I found that uh, it's really disconcerting sometimes to realize that your side hustle is. I'm trying to make money now in this in this process, and some people just kind of will use, take, not. And and it, the the trouble with some of these side hustles, I realized I had to have a secondary side hustle because I had to learn how to ask for money and how to do a bunch of other stuff and, and and that. But I remember being told bluntly by one of my uh, clients that it's, you'll, you'll feel better being here. Like this is, this, this matters to you because this will make you understand how we're doing a grand, grand thing. And that's the real payoff for it. That's how you're going to really get paid here. Not in money actually. So yeah. And I told him, you know, the bank doesn't take high fives yet, but when that happens, it would be great. But until then, I need to get right. some cash. So it, it's, Funny how uh, people have no problem asking artists and musicians for freebies left and right, but you never hear of anyone asking their accountant for a freebie. Like, here, do it for the exposure. Yeah, you exactly. Know, the, the nine to five, you know, the, the industries, uh, it's just the expectation that you're going to, I mean, it's capitalism, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, people who are, you know, used to kind of milking every penny out of something are going to be asking for free stuff. Mm-hmm. There, someone told me once, and I, I, I'll misquote this horribly, but it was the I, he found that the people, the the biggest cogs and the the big machine, the ones that seemed like the most set concepts, had no, were the ones that would ask the most for the ones who didn't fit in. Like right. artists and things don't fit in the machine very well, so they assume somehow that they what they're doing is must be for free because you're not part of the machine I'm in. Right. And I, once they said it to me, I never thought of it that way. That yeah, I guess I have been. I mean, I guess a lot of people ask for free stuff, but it seemed like the people who didn't quite get the the nature of graphic design or art or something else. Right. Like, well, yeah, yeah, exposure. I love that sure. word, exposure. You die from exposure. <laughs> Come on. <sighs> I was uh, one of the last. Uh, my last teaching job before I left teaching was at a small private school, and I was teaching part time. And uh, it's not. It wasn't artistic work, but it was creative work, and. Um, the it was a private school and so it was not uh, we didn't have a union we didn't have a teachers association and our contract was crap uh so every opportunity that the administration got they would ask me to do more things and i loved my students and you know it was could you coach this small track team that we want to do could you help do the gardening club could you Mm -hmm. recruit your wife to help with the gardening club and we did uh and and then eventually with the hope that it might pay off in the long run, and it never, it never paid off, and it ultimately ruined me on the, the idea. It's, it's so tough too because they're like, education. "Oh, but it's for the kids. It's for right. this stuff." Like they literally use them against you. The stuff that you love the most. Oh my gosh, so tough. Yeah, I did want to touch on one one thing too because we had also talked about like some of the privileges that come with being able to do a side hustle. And, and you know, we, we, Jay, you talked a little bit about your parents in, in, in a bygone era of of, of like. Of, of, of things like that. But we also, I think it's also worth mentioning that the three of us are uh, pretty pretty privileged white guys mm-hmm. um, right. who've had a lot of opportunities. Um, and, you know, the fact that we get to talk about this and, and um, you know, sort of in the abstract is, is a privilege in and of itself. So, um, you know, people have been side hustling for forever. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, I think 
the, the idea that, you know, uh, in this era of austerity and uh, the growing market shares for the wealthy and not for the rest of us, um, it's hitting everyone harder. Um, but we should also make a note that it definitely hits other people, not us, a lot harder. Oh, true. Absolutely. Uh, I fully realize, uh, like, as being a, a, a tall white guy, um, I've been able to get into businesses uh, more. And I found that I've actually, some of my projects, my side hustles, uh, I I inadvertently had stepped, when this was younger, now I'm, I'm much better at this, but I inadvertently stepped, like, not over, but around someone had, like, of color that was trying to do stuff just because I didn't exp- I didn't realize that there was a process involved or just kind of life lessons and things. Um, but uh, the best thing is now, thanks to the way the internet is and way some of the side hustles you see, it's not face-to-face as much. And I was just working with a designer that uh, he goes by his middle name because his first name, uh, he, he says it sounds really too black to get a job sometimes. Um, but he he his his side hustle he adge- adapted his he does music does other stuff does graphic design, um, but he is now uh, able to do stuff on uh, just plenty of website basis. Uh, uh, I say Fiverr for lack of a better term. But it's only a five dollar one, but there's uh, like a lot of uh, just contract projects out there, which is weird that they almost have to like remove that the component of themselves to be anonymous online to get work. And mm. It's such a weird concept for it, but I know with. Oh, sorry. I was just no, saying no. It's, a, it's a sort of catch-22, right? Like, So the, the technological advance that allows us to have the side hustle in that way, but mm-hmm. it could also be a way of opening doors for folks who have traditionally been denied work because of like r- institutional racism, yeah. sexism, yeah, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, I can't get over it. We're in the future now, folks. We should be right. not dealing with this stuff. Right. But, oh, my gosh. Um, but it's still happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, I think we'll take a break. But when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the future that we want and to what extent we want side hustles in the future. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYOLP Rochester. If you'd like to continue slacking off, you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hi, welcome back to Punching Out. Uh, I'm Andrew with my friends John. Hello. And Jay. And Jay. We're talking about uh, side gigs and side hustles and uh, where they fit in our daily lives and, and our, uh, our social life. Um, so this is the last 20 minutes of our bit. And uh, Jay started talking out a little bit about uh, universal health care. And that sort of got us on the track of, well, what kind of future work and life do we want to see? I don't know, Jay, you want to pick that up where you left off? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've always kind of looked at this from a, like, utopian pie-in-the-sky view, like, all right, it's 2018 now. We're supposed to have robots doing all of our work and flying cars and, and this and that, and it really just hasn't happened. So, uh, you know, am I convinced that this is going to happen in the next 20 years? Not really. In my lifetime, I'm not sure. But I'd love to see, I mean, if I was calling the shots we're looking at more automation uh, in the workplace. Uh, We're looking at uh, more cloud-based stuff, uh, work-from-home opportunities. This should really allow us for more free time to be doing our passion projects uh, and and 
doing a lot of the work that we've been talking about here. When I think about what I want to be doing with my life, sure, I'm happy in my work that I'm doing right now. Um, I can roll in a lot more of my the, the passion projects into uh, work that I can do from home, work that I can do for my RV on the road. Um, but really, the biggest barriers, I think, are where am I going to get my health care? I talk about going on the road. In reality, that's probably going to happen 10, 15, 20 years from now. And let's face it, I'm not going to be as healthy as I am now forever. I'm going to need that health care. Really, uh, some sort of universal single-payer health care would solve that problem. So the RV. best case to be is actually becoming immortal, you're saying, to, in order to get the patterns <laughs> sure, to work out for us? Sure. Okay, noted. Well, I noted. mean, do I really want to work forever, whether I love it or not? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> not that, yeah, yeah. You know, eventually I just want to kick back and watch Netflix or something. But uh, I hear that's nice. Yeah, I hear it's it, really nice. It is, it is. Every now and again I'll get the chance to do that. Uh, but what I should be doing instead of watching the Netflix is establishing my brands. And can be doing both, just so you know. Like there's, yeah. there's a, the, the best thing about side hustle is the learning how to work in your own uh, structure yourself. So as we're moving forward, I think the best thing to people to understand when moving doing your side hustle is that everyone is different and everyone everything you do like a friend of mine she uh, uh, she can paint and do the stuff but she has to have some other stimulation she realized she can watch movies and paint and that was her magic trick right. i can't do that so I, I i can't i can't tell you the best means to make your future happen for you but it's every it, everyone is different so i i found myself listening to sources of podcasts and every there's a zillion different options out there um, there was a podcast I listened to at one point back in the day. I think it was a uh, Don't Keep Your Day Job. And it was a nice podcast. I, I only listened to one or two of them, but I kept it up on my playlist because I would see it pop up and realizing that woman is constantly telling me to not keep my day job. And it was just a, me a methodology for training myself. So I guess as you're, we're moving forward in the future idea for that, I think one of my future things is that people have to realize that you have to learn how you function, how like how you function not in the, the day job route, by the way, too. Some people leave the day job and they're used to being in the day job. They're used to having a nine to five punch in. Someone tells you what to do. You get the project and you're done versus um, I think as we move in the future, people have to understand that you're you're never not working sometimes when you're working, when you're doing your uh, working at the side hustles. Like I work constant side hustles. So I'm always working, doing things. Um, but I have to be proactive. I have, you know, it's it's unfortunately we're not in that wonderful old timey like retro future where automation has made man just like like lap of luxury. You know, back in the '40s we had all the robots. We we're going to do all the jobs, and somehow we just flew around in cool cars with not having to pay for it. I love that idea. Would love to have it happen. So, but I realized that what really is is in our future is that we have to kind of learn how you how you work for yourself, how you can get jobs done for yourself, and come to terms with. The understanding of what, how you can, you know, get the most out of yourself as a, you're the, the boss, the marketing guy, the secretary. You have to do a lot of different stuff unless you want to pay someone else to do these sort of things. Um, but so as people move forward and, and we move into the future, we're having uh, software that does it for us. We have, uh, I mean, my phone now. I use my phone like uh, I talk into it. Like Siri, remind me tomorrow to do this. That's a secretary's job back in the day. Now it is. I use technology for my future goals right. and stuff. So. Yeah, so work smarter, not harder, I guess, is our future. Utilize the tools, utilize this, utilize, like we are mentioning before about using tech and whatever. Right. So I think, 
Oh, go ahead, Jay. No, it's just amazing how the economy of the 21st century is reacting to the present situation. I mean, really, it's it's unsustainable to expect everyone to have these jobs that we're talking about, the nine to five jobs. So um, out of necessity, people are creating their own opportunities. Mm. If you're going to be uh, embracing that lifestyle, you got to learn to seize on some of those technologies, some of those solutions. I mean, really, like you were talking about with your phone, uh, just the different tools that we have at our mm -hmm. disposal uh, 24 hours a day. I use a lot of note-taking apps and uh, different research tools. Um, use your other friends mm -hmm. that are doing the quote-unquote gig economy. Uh, utilize them versus, uh, you know, going to Staples or something for, for half mm -hmm. of your solutions. I was going to say I wanted to throw into that idea, too, like the institutions that we're, uh, we, we sort of could rely on. We, again, we started talking about universal health care. This is sort of my idealized notion, right? Like I imagine that if I didn't have to work at an employer for the health insurance, what would I do, right? If I didn't have to do uh, X job uh, for this, this benefit, um, but it was just a human right, mm -hmm. what would I be doing with my life? And the, the answer is I'd probably be working in a bookstore uh, that I ran, right? And so like, cool. I, I like to throw that anecdote out there um, because I think it fits into this conversation about the gig economy because we, we talk, uh, there's a lot of like conservative, uh, sort of maybe libertarian views where, um, you know, the more we automate, the more centralized, th uh, you know, institutions that we create, um, the, the less freedom we have. Mm -hmm. And I would like to push back on that. I think if you provide people the basic means of, uh, for life and livelihood, um, then you actually, I would, I would imagine we ha the, the idea of a side hustle or the gig economy would actually become ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. People didn't have to work for a paycheck and they could just work for themselves and their families and their communities. How beautiful would that be? Mm -hmm. People would pursue things. People would actually, right. they wouldn't just go to work. You had to pursue, I, hopefully. I mean, again, I, I think that there's a bit of a dream aspect to that. I, I totally get it. There's a lot of amazing people who got to hustle. And I know if that happened, that, you know, nine out of 10 is going to be amazing. The one tenth, whatever. Uh, and I, I would love to see that happen. Because I love, I love, I like talking to people. I love interviewing people. I love talking, just seeing what's happening. And there's a passion that everyone seems to have. And it seems like they're just, unfortunately, ground out of it by, by the current, you know, technology we have, the, the way businesses kind of deal with folks and that. So, There's an interesting uh, concept out there that um, universal basic income mm -hmm. that's been pushed around by different economists and whatnot. And uh, it, it's interesting that you've got some thinkers out there that are actually taking the concept seriously right mm -hmm. now. Which you should. You should, absolutely. I mean, if we're looking at the age of automation and uh, losing employment opportunities because for obvious reasons, I mean, we can't hire people if robots are doing the work. There's just no reason to do it. So when you've got everyone in the country pulling in a basic $1,000 a month, something like that, mm -hmm. there have been different numbers that they've experimented with. But you've got that foundation to start on. You'd be amazed at how many people will take that income, have their basic needs met, and uh, use a little bit on top of that to establish their brand and mm -hmm. do their side hustle and 
uh, grow something amazing out of that that they would have otherwise not had the chance to do. I agree. And I think it boils down to, like, automation is going to happen. It's just a matter of whether or not it happens in the way that it benefits right. working people or whether it benefits the rich, right? If, right. The, if the means of production continue to be uh, owned by uh, wealthy people, um, we are going to, we're going to see more and more people as our population continues to explode and fewer and fewer jobs. And so the, the extent to which that wealth is uh, redistributed to working people um, or in our idealized situation, people who no longer have to work or no longer have to sell their labor, yeah. um, I think uh, makes all the difference in the world. And so, John, you were saying something at the break earlier about, um, you know, the value of labor and where, where does that fit in our society? Yeah, uh, we're talking about the kind of the value of labor uh, in, in the little L labor uh, is of the laborers is that we are the, now the, um, the, the, the lowest common, the, the least valued, I should say, least valued thing in machines is the human component of it. Like the human that changes and, gear, and cleans the gears on a robot is, can be changed anytime. The robot's important part or the, whatever it may be. So the value of uh, the person, the dime of dozen sort of person feel you have to it, which we were mentioning before, kind of that's where that, that vibe of where the side hustle comes in, where a value comes in. Um, but our, it seems like the, the value of the, the worker has diminished because, like you were saying, like the number of people are getting more and more. We're just, there's a lot more people on this planet and jobs don't grow along with people, unfortunately, like, you know, the numbers. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a fairly sort of conservative take on this where, you know, like, well, historically, automation creates jobs, too, because mm -hmm. there are people who have to work on the machines and all this stuff. But, like, I think we're quickly approaching a point where overpopulation is overtaking the creation of work in mm -hmm. the capitalist economy. So we have to think of a different way forward. Yeah. Um, and I think that means radical redistribution of resources. Um, just the concept of resources has to be changed too. I mean, the very right. like they're changing it all around, pointing in different directions. Guy, but we have the way we deal with our resources are antiquated. The whole the, this, but continue on. You're right along the same path. I'm thinking. So. Yeah. So well, and so like so then back to your idea about how we value work, right? Uh, I think that's really central to to this future that we want to see. Um, if if uh, if labor is valued, if laborers and workers are valued. Um, then they should work shorter hours. They should be paid a living wage, um, and so like I, I think I think Jay, you mentioned sort of like the entrepreneurs who are creating like Uber and Lyft, right? Like there's creative energy going into um, things that are by and large rather antisocial. Uh, and I think about like Uber and Lyft. Uh, I, I can't help but remember the fact that they're, they're that both of those companies are heavily invested in self-driving cars, mm -hmm. right? right? So the whole point is to eventually get rid of all of their labor, their human labor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, I, and so, like, I'm thinking about, um, like, people in the creative class who, um, you know, are, are constantly fighting to be uh, valued in their work um, or people in, in, in even unionized labor. The, the, the default position for the labor movement uh, for the last 50 years has been sort of contract negotiation and um, it, taking care of individuals in the bargaining unit, not thinking systemically about the demands of labor in a larger society. Mm -hmm. And I know there are people who may be listening who are in labor, and I don't mean every, every union, but uh, yeah. those of you who are on the same wavelength know which unions I'm talking yeah, yeah. about. The, the, those the no, no, we're saying, yeah. We're fighting the same side there. Yeah, and so I think as a society, we collectively have to value labor 
more and better. Um, and I think any effort or fight that we uh, can put our strengths behind to support that. Um, I'm sort of thinking again about my, my own work right now as a community organizer. And it's like I took this job on because it was something I was passionate about. But it was something that I became passionate about because I got screwed over in the workplace. <laughs> and I wanted to see a better future. It actually became, came through losing a union fight that I, I started thinking, well, how, how can I work and live and live with myself doing the work that I'm doing? Right. I mean, it, I, I don't really have much to add to that other than I, I love the model of collective action, collective bargaining on a, a completely different scale, uh, It basically in the gig economy. I mean, we're all fighting uh, these little battles against this giant that could be a giant corporation or just the the greater capitalist economy right now. Um, it, if we can seek out the other people out there in whatever city we're, we're in, whatever town we're in, and uh, basically combine resources and advocate for one another. I think taking that model of collective action and just transposing it to the gig economy uh, is is going to benefit everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's actually starting to happen already. I was just reading yesterday that the uh, Uber Eats workers have joined the fast food worker strike. Very cool. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's good for them, actually. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen some of the Uber Eats guy just standing out in the rain, shaking his head. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Stand up yourself. Right. You're delivering my crab rangoons. Take care of yourself, right. man. Yeah. And if you're not in this gig economy, uh, Support those who are. Oh my God! I mean, yeah, there are people all over the place. There are people here locally in Rochester who uh, uh, just a huge segment of, That's... of our peer group that is doing that right now. I mean, it, it goes back to tip your server, yeah. tip your Uber driver. I mean, pay uh, the artists what their art is worth. You know, support these people. And and hopefully, when you're not patronizing the, their their services, you're also advocating that they're not receiving a substandard tip minimum, that they're Absolutely. receiving a full minimum wage with tips. Mm -hmm. right. um, uh, so there's lots of room for us to find ways to value labor and to help build this future that we want, um, you know, one little bit at a time. Um, but there are other ways to get the goods yeah. in mass. Yeah, yeah. It, people it, should start be thinking. Yeah, about it, start, that. it starts at home. Think this way. Act this way. Vote this way. Keep that mind moving forward. Like-minded people work well. Reason why Rochester works so well for being a, a side hustle city. Like we're a very intellectual town. It's really good. So we have a lot of clever ideas. So our side hustles aren't usually the dull, mundane things. There's a lot of people doing a lot of cool stuff. But why the city works so well is because we have a supportive community. Our community is strikingly impressive by how it supports each other and takes care of each other. So I mean, as impressive as I am with the art community, this, the, the community that supports the artist here are twice as more important and, and more impressive at what they do and how they support and sharing and Absolutely. that sort of stuff. So. And if you're a, if you are a creative worker and you're listening um, and you haven't checked out yet, I would go to YouTube and search "F U Pay Me," um, not the not the censored version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Search, search the full version. 
um, for if you want a little inspiration on how to how to value your work and how to defend your labor. Yeah, there's pl- there's resources out there, podcasts. There's plenty of people out there that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Find there's a lot of voices out there. Find a voice that works for you that that is doing what you're doing. Listen to them. Learn from their their mistakes, their benefits, everything they've done. You know, there's plenty of resources out there for you. But yeah. F you pay me, is it called? The yeah. one? Yeah. yeah. F you pay me, but not really F you. I think, so. <laughs> and if you and if you know if your if your workplace isn't unionized and you think you might want to figure out a way to do that, I would say reach out to a union worker and find out how to do that. I think this is uh, this is it for our time. Uh, nice. Any last thoughts? I mean, think where you want to be in the next 20 years. I, you know, even if you're in your 20s, it doesn't hurt to plan for the future and think, what do I want to do with my life? Not what do I want to do to make money to be a good consumer, but what am I passionate about? And plan around that. And you'd be amazed at what you can do for money. All right. Thanks for joining us. This has been Punching Out. You've been listening to Punching Out. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Email us your work stories, complaints, and struggles to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. Our producer is Ryan Brister. Music for Punching Out is provided by Ariel Cruz. Tune in next week for more Punching Out. And remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are.